Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of A Good Rock, where each week and every week we talk about a different kind of booze. Yeah, and this week we are back in cocktail territory. Mm, something very extravagant this time. Yeah, talking about Long Island iced tea. One of the most potent cocktails you can buy. Mm, and it's cool, it's refreshing. And if you're one of our many listeners in the good old US of A, it's the right time of year for it. It sure is. So listen in for some cool facts about this very potent beverage. I'm Stu. I'm Michael. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, it's uh, it's a heck of a thing. So for for the uninitiated, the Long Island iced tea, as we said previously, is the strongest. Well, it is among the strongest yeah. cocktails in existence. And made right, it's about twenty two percent for it. and for a cocktail that's massive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And uh, so the International Bartenders Association certified recipe, the one you have to do if you want to say you're making the IBA standard. God damn, that's nice. Is 1.5 centiliters of gin, 1.5 centiliters of tequila, 1.5 centiliters of vodka, 1.5 centiliters of white rum, 1.5 centiliters of triple sec, 3 centiliters of gum syrup, which, for those of you who can't find gum syrup, is basically a two-is-to-one sugar-water mixture. Hmm. And uh, 2.5 centiliters of fresh lemon juice finished off with a dash of cola, all stirred gently in a highball glass filled with ice, and then served with a straw. With a straw. We've got steel straws today because save the planet. Saving the planet, and they look good. One straw at a time. Yep. <laughs> Uh, yeah, gum well, gum syrup or um, gum syrup, I think the French pronunciation is, mm. uh, is uh, one part gum Arab or one cup of gum Arabic, one part, one sorry, one cup of sugar and one cup of water. So the the big difference between uh, simple syrup and gum syrup is the the I guess syrupy syrupiness of it it's designed to make the the drink it's designed to give the drink a silky texture mm, yeah thicken it up a little bit yeah uh, but if you don't have it or can't find it just a simple syrup is cl- yeah close enough yeah good but enough please don't help please don't hurt us international bartenders association yes just yeah if you can't <laughs> do it the way it's supposed to be done yeah. get as close as you can that's it yeah, and of course, for those of you who are not aware of what a centiliter is, I'm sure we've mentioned this before, centiliters is the unit of measurement that IBA uses in all their recipes. Mm. But a centiliter is just 10 milliliters. Yeah. Why they choose to do it in centiliters is beyond me. Maybe they just want to sound fancy. Mm. Well, and I guess it, it does make <laughs> the recipe, you know, one digit shorter. Well, not even. Not, not even. even because you're just putting a decimal. Yeah, 1.5. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's just to sound fancy, I think. It's just to sound fancy. It's like when restaurants put just two numbers beside uh, beside the item on their menu 
to to make it look fancier than it is. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get into some history because it's got a uh, it, there's a bit of controversy over whether or not or over where the the drink actually came from. Like, did it was it around pre-prohibition? Was it invented in the seventies? No one seems to want to say either way. Yeah. Everyone wants to claim their own story. Mm, but let's let's start with the bit that everyone can agree on, which is that the iced tea portion of the name comes from the fact that it looks like a southern style iced tea. Yeah. No actual tea in it. Yeah. But no no arguments from anybody there. They they all agree it looks like iced tea. That's why the iced tea is in the name. Mm. It's the Long Island part that tends to get people wondering. Mm. Well, the, there's a couple of places called Long Island. One is in New York. Yes, and the other is in Tennessee. And uh, so the first and I suppose oldest, at least oldest, historically as far as saying when the drink was created, talks about the drink having first been invented in the 1920s by someone from Kingsport, Tennessee, a community in the area known as Long Island. And that guy went by the name Old Man Bishop. Hmm. And uh, in this version of the history of it, the recipe called for tequila, vodka, gin, rum, whiskey, and maple syrup. And the drink was originally called the Old Man Bishop. Now, it's similarity in appearance to the non-alcoholic drink called iced tea is said to have been one of the reasons why this story is believed by so many people because during prohibition a drink looking like a non-alcoholic drink would have been really handy for letting you just casually sip on one in public yeah because it does look like a iced tea it's got the right color it's got Enough citrus sitting on top that you can't smell it. Yeah, you can't smell the alcohol. It's, it could be an iced tea. You'd have to check real close to know otherwise. Yeah. Uh, not until you taste it when you suddenly dis- discover that it's very, very potent. Yes, very, very potent. Now, of course, as you'd have noticed, that version of the recipe is different to what we drink today. But that story does go on to say that old man Bishop passed that recipe to his son, who, just for the heck of it, I'm going to call young man Bishop. Ransom Bishop. Ah, there we go. That's much less fun than young man Bishop, but all right. I think it sounds cooler. Ransom Bishop. Mm, I suppose, I suppose, yeah. yeah. But uh, the story goes that in the 1940s, he changed the recipe to the modern version. I suppose... uh the, the whiskey wouldn't have gone quite as well as the as the current mixture today. Because I know bourbon... Obviously, bourbon's got that uh, charcoal, smoky flavour. Hmm. It's It would be a very different drink to what we have in front of us. Oh, yeah. It would be a very different drink made with whiskey and maple syrup. Hmm. I, I mean, was very close to getting some bourbon just so we could try the old, mash, old man bishop... But yeah. I think one one of these is enough for a day. Yeah, I mean, I would uh, guess that the maple syrup was used at the time to get the colour because while cola still existed, that wasn't part of the recipe. No, not at all. The other version was 
uh, invented in the 70s by a man named uh, Robert Rosebud Butt. Yeah, and uh, that version of the story claims that Butt invented the drink as an entry to a cocktail contest that called for creating an original cocktail that featured triple sec. It strikes me as a as it wouldn't be that hard to create a cocktail with triple sec back in the 70s because there wasn't that many around. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so the story claims that the drink was an instant success, which is why it became so was what so popular by the 1980s. But um it's sort of dubious how reliable this version of the history is when there are mentions of this drink having been consumed before the 70s. Yeah. Well, by a famous magazine, Betty Crocker's Cookbook. Mm. And, of course, the other thing that makes you wonder, is this a little bit of BS, is when you look at the origin of this version of the story, which was none other than Robert but himself. (laughs) But wait, there's more. (laughs) He, like, he flat out denies, or he, yeah, he flat out denies that it was around before then and even says that oh yeah you know there might have been similar versions of my cocktail made before i invented this but i definitely invented this and he doesn't even mention the uh, betty crocker picture cookbook which was published in the 60s and has the long island iced tea in it so that's a little bit of bs if you ask me yeah i mean unless he I mean, if you were to attempt to mix both of the stories together in a quasi-plausible way and mm. take old man Bishop's son out of the equation and say that the recipe never got changed until Butt got his hands on it and changed it to his version in the 70s, but it still doesn't quite add up. Maybe. Or it did get changed by uh, Ransom himself um, but not quite to the cocktail we know today and uh, Rosebud knew of the he knew of the cocktail and decided to tweak it a little bit to make it his own yeah I mean they're they're all semi-plausible versions of the history and does it really matter I would say that after one or two of these no you wouldn't care at all where it came from (laughs) you probably wouldn't even remember where you came from you just (laughs) After two of these, yeah, probably not. So let's let's break it down. You got the you got white rum, which doesn't really add much flavor. You got vodka, which doesn't add a whole lot of flavor. But I mean, if you get good quality vodka, it's gonna give it a a note. You got the tequila, which definitely adds a flavor. I can taste the tequila in there. Oh yeah. Um, the triple sec, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got good quality gin in this one, and. I don't know if I can taste the gin or not because I haven't had this gin before. Um, but the gin smells quite citrusy, but I don't really pick any citrus notes in the drink aside from the triple sec. Mm. Well, and of course, we have squeezed fresh lemon juice into it, which the IBA recipe also calls for fresh yeah. lemon juice. I mean, obviously, if you don't have fresh lemon juice, you can use... That pasteurized bottled stuff. Yeah, any old lemon juice will do, but... Yeah. You also do get that citrus from the lemon and naturally that smell of citrus from the garnish. Mm, absolutely. I I do reckon the Coke or the cola hides a lot of the 
flavors. Yeah, it's it's very subtle because it's only a dash, but it does hmm. it does do slightly more than just change the color of the drink. Yeah, it it definitely takes the the burn out of what could be a very bitey drink, given all these. Uh, different concoctions mixed together. Yeah, it could end up being overly citric. Yeah. And, I mean, there's also the potential, if you were to use too much, that it would be overly sweet because you've added the sugar gum, but you're not supposed to... You're not supposed to use too much. Mm. It is, literally, it specifies a dash. Or a splash. Yeah, a dash or a splash. Well, I think, yes, it literally specifies a splash, but I ended up having to add a splash and a dash. <laughs> Just to get the colour right. Just to get the colour right, because mm. that's what it's all about. You don't want it to... If it looks wrong, it probably tastes wrong. Yeah. And, well, you know, it's cola. It's going to look how it looks. Yeah. Yeah. And certainly it tastes right. Yeah. And even after a few sips, I'm already feeling this. Yeah, and it's it's smooth and it goes down easy. Like, you know there's alcohol in it. You know... Yeah. There's alcohol in it. Yeah. But but it's, it's so so tasty and smooth that you could totally finish this in one go. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, throw your hand up and say, barkeep, another. <laughs> That's it. But, yeah, we do not recommend that. So, wh- what do you taste in this? Because I said I can't really taste any other, any of the other al- alcohols other than the tequila. And maybe a hint of the gin. Yeah. No, I think, yeah, I'm getting... I think because of the tequila that we used, it's a much more present flavor than it may normally be. Maybe. Because we used the... quite a strong, complex mm. sort of the, the tequila. Mucha Libra tequila. Yes, the, the Mucha Libre, which, yeah, because it's... A clear tequila, it wasn't going to affect the color of the drink, which was mm. important. We we drank this in our Wow Factor episode. We did, because and, of the bottle. And when we... I'm pretty sure when we described it, it we described it as a, like a in-your-face kind of drink. Yeah. Like, it's a smooth tequila, but a very tequila tequila yeah. as well. So that's probably why we can still taste it. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, I'm, I am picking up hints of the the gin and the and the vodka, the mixed actually. herb for that, and the vodka to some extent as well. It, yeah, but that's more in the aftertaste. Mm. But we're over analyzing this drink. It's just meant to be enjoyed and get you plastered. Because if the stories hold true about it being around in the prohibition era, you've got the you got a very very potent drink. And that was the the modus op that was the modus operandi for uh, cocktails back then because people wanted to down something as fast as they could because booze would, or have something that was super potent because alcohol was scarce. Yeah, so it would have cost them a lot because it was hard to come by. Hmm. So they wanted it to be good, and of course, this looking like a non-alcoholic drink meant that they could slowly enjoy it. Yeah, or sit outside in the sun and. Have a have a sip. Yeah, have a nice, cool, refreshing iced tea in the sun yeah. on a warm summer's day. And we recommend you do that. Yeah, sit outside enjoying your nice, cool, refreshing, not even remotely alcoholic-looking beverage. 
<laughs> as long as it's summer. If it's winter, like it is over here, I don't recommend sitting outside and sipping an ice cold drink. Yeah, probably not the best idea for, for the middle of winter. Mm. So, well, let's let's talk about some some variations because uh, Coke Zero or Coke No Sugar or Diet Coke is really popular. That's a pretty commonly accepted variation to the Long Island iced tea. And I suppose you could use like a, a stevia syrup or agave nectar as a replacement for sugar syrup. Yeah, absolutely. If you wanted to produce a uh, diabetes-safe version. Although alcohol is a sugar, so I don't know how that really works. Well, it is, but depending <laughs> on which version of diabetes you have, you can still get away with drinking as long as you are vigilant in checking your blood sugar levels. True. Measure everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else? What else? Obviously, you got the old man bishop, which I don't think anybody really knows anymore. Yeah, no, because it's an odd sort of concept even. Like, just reading through the recipe and thinking about it, you go, oh, yeah, I don't know. Mm. I, I think I'm going to have to get some bourbon and give it a go. Because I'm, I'm curious. Mm. Well, do do let me know what uh, what you think of it. Let us know, me mm. and our dear listeners. Yeah, that'll be a, a Facebook post. I guess while we're on that, we should also talk about the different versions of the Long Island Ice well, Tea. We, because... we are talking about the different versions. Mm, of but the I mean, Long in, in to in more extent, in greater detail, because yeah, well, there's a we... number of variations on it. Yeah, well, we've talked about the um, substitution of Coke Zero or sugar-free Coke of some description. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you could use Pepsi. I honestly couldn't tell you the difference in flavors because I don't drink either. Um, I know people use spiced rum. I've heard of people using spiced rum for Long Island iced teas. Uh, you could use fancy gin, like really flavorful gins. Uh, you could use dark rum or amber rum. You could throw... Everything out the window and just pretend you're drinking a Long Island iced tea. Yeah, but um, then, of course, there's actual named variations like the Long Beach tea where the cola has been replaced with cranberry juice Mm. or the Miami iced tea where they add peach schnapps and get rid of the tequila. Yeah, you've also got one called the Grateful Dead, which is basically the same as a Long Island iced tea, but they use Chambord instead of Triple Sec. Yeah. And the cola is replaced with a lemon-lime soda. Mm. And uh, there's the Hawaiian iced tea that uses the Long Island recipe, but the drink is topped with pineapple juice instead of cola. Yeah. The Adios motherfucker is considered a variation of the Long Island iced tea, too. Oh, right. Hmm. And... uh, the electric iced tea is an interesting sounding one where yeah. they replace the triple sec with blue caracao. and Similar flavors. Yeah, and add a lemon-lime soda. Oh, yeah, that, that would make it electric. Or yeah. look uh, very blue. Look very blue. It, it would. And uh, the last one I have details on here is the Texas tea where they add bourbon. Mm. So it's... The modern-day Long Island iced tea recipe, but with the bourbon from the old man, Bishop, old man added Bishop. back in. Yeah. Hmm. 
Which sounds interesting. I'm not sure how that would go. Well, when I get some bourbon, I'll let you... Actually, you've still got some three hogs, I think. Oh, no, no, I haven't. It, <laughs> it's too smooth. I can't hold on to it. I can't keep that anywhere. Hot, sorry, hogs three. Three mm. hogs. Yeah, that that's a really good one. I might yes. get some um, Gentleman Jack or Maker's Mark or something like that. Mm. I, I, I do I've like been, a Tennessee whiskey. Yeah, I've been meaning to get more hogs three. Actually, because mm. I think I had every time I have a nice whiskey, it doesn't hang around long. Like as soon as I open it, mm. that was my problem with the Talisker Storm that I bought a few weeks ago. I just couldn't couldn't get enough of it. It was really good. It made my mouth tingle from all the the peaty goodness. Yes, that was really good. Mm. Great bottle. Anyway, back to the cocktail. Yes, back to the Long Island iced tea, which we have noticed mm. as we've been chatting and leaving it sit, that um, because of the different consistencies of the different ingredients, it does need to be intermittently stirred or yeah. it starts to separate. Yeah, because I, I had let it sit for a while and then I took a sip and I got a, a very strong Coke flavor, like a far more stronger Far stronger than uh, I'd previously noticed. Yeah, and I guess when you're drinking with a straw, you're going to notice the heavier flavors that drop to the bottom. Yeah. Which is kind of surprising that the cola would come to the fore because you would think that something else would be heavier than that. Well, it, it is a, the cola, it is a sugar syrup. So perhaps that, along with the sugar syrup, settled to the bottom the sugar being heavier than the alcohols. Yeah, that's makes perfect sense, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Damn you, science, being right all the time. Um, also, because we're drinking it through straws, you don't get the mixing action of tipping the drink up all the time. Yeah. Yes, very true. But they, they do recommend drinking it through the straw, and I guess in part that helps with the... With the enjoyment of the drink, because it's supposed to have so much ice in it, mm. and it's just easier to drink it through a straw. That's it. That is it. And, of course, the straw means that you can stir intermittently as you're holding it. Especially if you have a steel straw or a titanium straw. Yeah, makes it a lot easier because <laughs> it doesn't bend. Although paper straws are all the rage now, so I don't know if that would... Uh, oh, that would probably still do it because they're not... Flimsy. Mm, I mean, for for a little while at least, though yeah. you can't. I've, I've heard a lot of complaints that you can't really sit on a drink for too long when you've got a paper straw in it because mm. it ceases to function appropriately. Funny that. It yeah. just absorbs all the moisture in the drink. <laughs> yeah. Um, I haven't really got anything else. Yeah, this is no. Give me a short one today. That's pretty much it, and I suppose that means that. Um, before we can get to telling you what we'll be talking about next, it's time for the plugs. Definitely. Because we, we'd love you to subscribe if you haven't already. Smash that like button, as we like to say. Uh, you can find us on your favorite podcast app, uh, Spotify, Podbean, Google Play Music, uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast feed. You can find us as a, a good drop all about alcohol. Yep, and uh, you can also find us on the socials, Facebook, Instagram, as A Good Drop Podcast. Uh, we've got a good old-fashioned website if you want to uh, check out previous episodes or 
share a particular episode to a friend of yours, our web address is www.agooddrop.com.au. And uh, if you'd like to talk to us about this episode or any other episodes you've listened to or just say hi, give us some suggestions, give us some feedback, you can shoot us an email at agooddrop at gmail.com. So next week, we're doing something different. We've we've discussed, we've had a, a, a long discussion about whether or not we should do this episode because we're all about responsible drinking and this is not really responsible drinking. But we can't really say that we're talking about all things alcohol if we don't talk about drinking games. So next week, you can uh, drink along with a good drop and we'll put up a list we'll talk about a list of rules and see how we go so yes. until then cheers cheers <laughs>